0: This is the Italian Citizenship Podcast, hosted by Marco Permunian and Rafael Di Furia. Well, hello there, and welcome to a very special outdoor edition of the Italian Citizenship Podcast. We are here because it is now summer, it is warm out, and we thought we might as well enjoy the beautiful country that we happen to live in. We are just, what, about half an hour north of Rovigo, Mm -hmm. the, the town where we both happen to live, and today... I think our topic really relates to kind of the setting that we happen to be in. (laughs) and That is enjoying life in Italy as a dual citizen, really taking advantage of everything that Italy has to offer, but also uh, from a practical sense as well, because, of course, this is very important. But Marco, maybe, is there some place specifically that you think would be a great place to start with this episode? I think a lot of people are interested in... Understanding
1: what they have to do, what they can do once they become dual citizens in the event that they want to uh, relocate mm-hmm. to Italy. So people ask me, okay, now I'm a dual citizen, I have my passport, um, I'm ready to fly to Italy, what do I do once I get there? Right. Um Maybe let's start from um, renting an apartment in Italy. I believe that a lot of people are going to be interested in uh, renting an apartment if they don't own a place already. Of course, it's not necessary to be a citizen in order to rent an apartment. Uh, If you have a tax code, a codice fiscale, you can rent an apartment in Italy even if you're a non Citizen. Even if some landlords may ask you for a residency permit if you are a non-citizen, but if you are an Italian citizen, then of course there is no need for um, for you to show any res- that you have any residency permit. Maybe you're gonna have a hard time explaining to the landlord how the hell you can be an Italian <laughs>
0: citizen if you if you are American and you stay. Speak American English but um or even if you're just there and you're there speaking like broken Italian I've had that situation before it's like well are you allowed to be in the country it's like yeah I'm a citizen but it's like but can you stay here it's like (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) What are you trying to get at here? Are you insinuating something? No, but I mean, unfortunately, a lot of landlords in the country, like we've kind of talked about somewhat briefly in past episodes, they do have a concern about potential flight risks. And if the person they're signing a contract with for a three plus two year or four plus four year uh, contract period, uh, if that person is actually going to be staying in the apartment and actually uh, keeping the apartment and paying for it and actually able to because there's there's various levels when it comes to it the first the legal ability but then on top if you're if this is your first time living in Italy they may have concerns as well do you have money in Italy and that's something that can come up and they want to know are you earning your wage here or are you earning uh, a pension abroad and basically at the end of the day the question is if you can't pay them where can they access the money exactly so you may
1: have to show your landlord that you have the ability to uh, be able to pay for your apartment uh, going forward. And as you said, you may have to show maybe that you have um, you know income in your home country. Um, we did talk extensively in the Italian Real Estate Podcast about renting a property in Italy, so maybe we can touch very briefly uh, uh, those subjects. Uh, you have to normally... Uh, m- pay a deposit before you're able to enter into an agreement uh, which is normally equal to two or three monthly rents and the purpose of that deposit is that you uh, that the landlord uh, after you um, have left the apartment the landlord w- will check if you um, did any um, if like you damage or anything caused any yeah. damages to the apartment and you know they can retain a portion of the, the right. deposit that you paid uh, in the event that you damaged uh, damage the apartment Mm -hmm. Um, and that's
0: understandable because that's something that would really happen just about anywhere realistically
1: absolutely as you said the agreement the the lease agreement in Italy normally tends to be longer than in other countries so uh three years plus uh two or four years but of course you have the ability to terminate the agreement normally six months before uh if you give a six month notice you can uh, terminate the agreement before its expiration date uh or three months sometimes and um for you to be able to sign the agreement, you don't necessarily have to go to Italy. In most cases, you're able to deal with the landlord even from distance, even if it Mm -hmm. may probably make it harder if the landlord doesn't know you. In Italy, people are very careful uh, about who they're giving the apartment to, so they want to kind of know the person who's going to be using their apartment. But it's definitely not impossible to rent an apartment uh, if you're coming from America, even before you get to italy
0: but then i know there are a lot of people who aren't interested really in renting my opinion is based on advice that was given to me by a friend even though i'm not in the process or even thinking about purchasing not in that point in my life but maybe to live in a place for a couple of years before actually making that purchase but i know there are a lot of people who are they're ready they're just wanting to get the get the the property get that happening and in that case for a person who is a dual citizen or becoming a dual citizen is it better that they get the property after they become an Italian citizen or is there any benefit to doing it beforehand like I don't know taxes or anything like that if you purchase as an Italian
1: citizen first of all you don't have to uh, be present in Italy to purchase a property we talked about that extensively in other videos you can have uh, another person act on your behalf Based on a power of attorney, but um, if you purchase the property, even if you purchase it through another person who's living in Italy and that can uh, complete the purchase on your behalf, if you purchase as an Italian citizen uh, from abroad, you can uh, have a tax discount, so you end up paying the two percent, um, a two percent tax on the calculated on the value on paper of the property rather than a nine percent. So if you are an um, an American who became an Italian citizen and you're purchasing your first property in Italy, you have this tax discount, which is not insignificant,
0: 2% instead of 9%. So if I'm not misunderstanding you correctly, basically it is better that you wait until after you get your citizenship. Absolutely. That's fascinating because I know there's a lot of people who have that that in the back of their mind. They're trying to plan for their, uh, their future and what's happening in Italy, but they come to the point like, wait, where are the benefits? What's, what's, what do I do? What's the order of operations? How do I need to make my life uh, in the best way that it can be? But I don't know. Is there anything else that maybe we haven't quite touched on regarding uh, like the, the actual practical space that you'll be living in? I mean, maybe something like uh, Airbnbs and so on, because that's something that I know a lot of people are interested in. Um, is that viable as a landing pad to kind of arrive into the country and get things started?
1: that's definitely a solution Um, once you become an Italian citizen of course you have the ability to reside in Italy and in the European Union um, indefinitely so without any sort of limitations so go live in an Airbnb for some time it's absolutely doable now the problem is that at some point you're going to have to rent a place or buy a place because it's important that you establish your residency in one property, mm-hmm. um, and I, I, I'll explain myself. So establishing residency in Italy means legally becoming a resident of a specific comune, municipality. Mm-hmm. So you have to go to the town hall, you show up there, you, you, you tell, hey, I want to become a resident in your town, you fill out some papers. It's, it's a very easy process. Right. Um, and being a resident in a town has some advantages, a lot of advantages, which we're going to talk about in a second. The thing is you can't establish your residency normally in an Airbnb. Uh, So that's why it can be a temporary solution but in my opinion it can't be a long-term solution. It it could be. I mean, there are no... um, Like if you're able to make an agreement with the, the owner, for example. Absolutely. At some point you're going to have, though, to establish a residency and normally you can establish a residency only in a property that you rented or that you own. First of all, for example, because if you came with your spouse and your spouse is not an Italian citizen, Uh um, your spouse is going to be able to apply for a residency permit for spouses only if you are a resident in a town. So it's important that you become a resident as soon as possible uh, because your spouse can only stay for 90 days. And the first step for couples where one of the two people is not an Italian citizen would be to... Arrive in Italy, um, get a property for, uh, like, rent a property as soon as possible. Go to the town hall, establish your residency, and at some, po- at, at at that point, your spouse can start the process for their own residency permits for spouses.
0: Ah, uh, that makes sense because it's all tied to to your point, residency, to your residence where you live. Because a part of the the contingency is that not only are you married, but that you're living together. So it definitely makes logical sense. But I know we've spoken a lot about this in other episodes in in great detail. But, I mean, maybe even just beyond there, like getting into some of the next aspects of life, the residency process, maybe we should just briefly talk about what is involved with making sure that you are registered and and so on, and even some of the benefits and reasons why you would want to be registered.
1: So you would want to be registered as soon as possible because... um First of all, if you're planning, and, and you should, of course, on uh, getting uh, the, like, register for the health, for the national health care system, mm-hmm. you have to be a resident in some place. Ah. So you can't just be, you know, wandering in Italy. You have to be somewhere and you have to be a resident in Italy. The thing is, in Italy, we have this concept of residency that doesn't really exist in other places. Countries, or in most of the other countries where you normally consider yourself a resident, for example, in the US of a certain state based on where you pay taxes in Italy, you are a resident in a place because you register yourself in a place. Right. Um, and that gives you the ability to register with the Italian national health care system, uh, which means going to the local ASL, which is a local health care office. The um, Ate and the Sanitaria Locale. Exactly.
0: Local healthcare authority, I guess, is what we could call it in English.
1: Exactly. And again, you fill out some paperwork and you're going to be receiving in the mail your um, healthcare card, mm-hmm. uh, which has your um, tax ID code on it and basically certifies that you are registered with the national mm-hmm. healthcare system, um, which means not only that you will be assigned a local doctor, because in Italy, um, you are assigned. A local doctor that you can also choose um, if the doctor has availability because in Italy like a certain doctor, physician, like a general physician can only have a certain number of patients. So you can choose your doctor that you like
0: uh, on the condition that that doctor has room for more uh, patients. Right. That's, That's actually something that can be a little bit frustrating because if all of the doctors that are close by to where you live, but have their quotas completely full, then you might have to go to a doctor on the other side of your town or something like that Um, because unfortunately the situation is here that a lot of doctors do decide to leave the country and go elsewhere and so even a lot of the time, a lot of the doctors here in Italy are over their max quota just to begin with. And then also one of the really interesting things about this blue um, uh, card, the, the health card that you were talking about, that you get sent with the, the, um, the, the tax code on there, it's not only good actually for Italy. You can go basically anywhere in the country and this is what you'll show if you have to go to the emergency room, this is your identifier. Or if you go to the doctor, you may not even actually have to show your, your card. They're just kind of like, are you the person who said that they were here? Great. Fine. You showed up. Good for you. <laughs> but if, God forbid, you have an emergency elsewhere in Europe, um, you'll notice that on the blue healthcare card here that there is the Italian flag as well as the European Union flag. And this gives you the ability to go to an emergency room, basically anywhere in the Union, and say, hey there's something wrong, let's take care of this. And it'll come back and go through the Italian system one way or the other. But if you're living abroad, then it becomes a little bit of a different situation. It's all kind of based on the country of residence at the end of the day. And if you're a citizen of Europe, the country of citizenship as well. But that's a definitely a big discussion for uh, another day. And to
1: add on to that, um, a lot of people um, ask me about the this you know health insurance card, whatever you want to call it. Um, and it gives you a lot of advantages, especially if you are an Italian citizen. Mm-hmm. Um, it means that when you go to the hospital, or when you have to have a major uh, surgery, or uh, anything that requires you to be, you know, in hospital receiving, you know, uh, services from a hospital, uh, it's completely free of charge, or mm-hmm. almost free of charge. Meaning yeah. that sometimes you have
0: to pay, you know, like a little, like fifteen euros, uh, or exactly, something, or thirty euros. I mean, even sorry to interrupt you here, but like even, uh, like to get like blood work done and you get like five, 10 tests done and they have a maximum cap price that they can charge you. Cause they have a system here called like a ticket and on that ticket, it will cover up to X amount of whatever it is that you need. And, um, so again, like with this example of getting your blood drawn, um, or even just tests and, and so on or whatever it may be, there's X amount of those will be covered within say 35 euros, 45 exactly. euros, something like that. But anyway, continue. Sorry. No, it's, and
1: it's, it's it's great because you know this like in Italy uh, the healthcare is free of charge or almost free of charge for its citizens and this replaces what in America is the um, health insurance right so in Italy you don't have to have a health insurance if you are an Italian citizen even if you never pay taxes in Italy even if you're not a taxpayer it's completely free of charge right. which gives you an advantage even in comparison to EU citizens who are living in Italy so If you are an American who became an Italian citizen by descent, you become, of course, absolutely 100% an Italian citizen exactly like me, which gives you the right to use for free, regardless of any situation, regardless of whether you have a job, regardless of whether you pay taxes, you can use the Italian healthcare system for free. Instead, EU citizens residing in Italy, for example, a German citizen or a Spanish citizen who is residing in Italy, if they don't have a job, they can't get um, the really? the health. They can't use the healthcare system for free. Um, they have to pay for it, which means they have to pay in full. Wow! To use the healthcare, which is very expensive in yeah. Italy. The health system is very good. It's one of the best in the world, and uh, needless to say, it's very expensive. Yeah. So, if you have the healthcare um, card, and if you are an Italian citizen, you can get it. Yeah. Without regardless of any other circumstances. Yeah. You the get only it? question
0: is you might have to wait sometimes for some services. But it could be exactly. like a few minutes, a few hours, a few weeks, maybe in some cases a few months. Yes. But that's like if we're talking about the average thing, I mean, even in the worst situation. Like you don't pay anything and in the best of situations, you pay only very minimal, like enough that it's like really not anything to worry about. But then even like we've spoken about before, ambulance rides here are like that's it's, that's it's free. free. You don't have And like <laughs> there I've joked about this before. It's not even a joke. It's actually real that some elderly people do use the ambulances as almost like a free taxi service to the hospital when they have to get there and back because they have to go to the hospital and because this is something that is a necessity, it is required for them to get there. So, I mean, I get the logic behind it, but it's funny coming from an American perspective where just going down the street, a few thousand bucks. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> and then what about in the situation that maybe somebody is coming to Italy with their non-Italian spouse? Does that non-Italian spouse have any right to health care here in Italy? The spouse of an Italian citizen is
1: covered by the national healthcare care system, but once they have the permesso di soggiorno, uh, which I just want to clarify something because a lot of people ask me that question, like what can my spouse do with their permesso di soggiorno um, once we are in Italy in terms of being able to travel to the other EU countries? Mm-hmm. That's a very common question. Uh, and the answer is if you became an Italian citizen and came to Italy with your spouse, and your spouse became a residency permit holder, uh, while you can travel freely in the other European countries without any limits, your spouse can only visit the other European countries uh, as a tourist, so for 90 days at a time. Um, so for example, if you were to go on, a, on an extended vacation in um, Germany or, or Spain, uh, while you could potentially stay indefinitely, your spouse could only stay for up to 90 days. Mm-hmm. Or even if you're, you know, taking like a train trip right. around Europe, you can only, your spouse can only stay uh, for, 90
0: days with every 180 days in the Schengen area. Exactly. So, but I guess in that case, though, if you wanted to spend longer, that there are com- countries in Europe, or maybe all of the countries in Europe, have some type of situation where the spouse of a European national can get residency, or at least apply for it. No. Exactly. So, the thing
1: is, if you want to live longer in a specific European country with your spouse, and you are an Italian citizen, for example, say you 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 spent in Italy a few years, and now you want to move on to Spain. Yeah. Uh, the step that you have to take is you have to become, as an Italian citizen, a resident of Spain. At that point, your spouse can get a Spanish residency permit for spouses mm-hmm. of. EU citizens living in Spain, and that allows your spouse to reside in Spain indefinitely with you. But then she can travel in the other EU, EU countries with the same limitation that we mentioned uh, so before.
0: regardless, because they're not a European citizen, exactly, they still run into this roadblock one way or the other.
1: Exactly. So uh, if you want to, cho- if you choose to live in one specific European country, there is no problem. The thing that you can't do is like move from one place mm. to the other like frequently because that could um, Prevent your wife from being able to actually continue residing in the EU. You have to settle in one country and then your wife can stay in that specific country with you indefinitely. If you want to settle to the other, you just do the same process. You go to the other country, you become a resident of that country. So, for staying to Germany, and your spouse gets a German residency permit
0: and can stay in Germany indefinitely. So, I guess, really, until the point that maybe you go for the process of Italian citizenship through marriage they still have to play the, by the same rules as everybody else but once you once they go through that process for citizenship by marriage if that's even a choice that they want to make, because it's not even required, um, then after that point, then they could potentially be treated like somebody else from Europe. Because they would be fully a citizen almost in the same way that everybody else is. It's just they went through a naturalization process rather than getting it through birth. Exactly. But then taking it maybe back to living in Italy, because I know that is the interest of a lot of people. I mean, there's definitely interest to be in a lot of different places because uh, as an Italian citizen, you have the ability to be really anywhere in the European Union quite easily, especially in comparison to somebody who is not from the European Union. But uh, taking that step back to Italy, uh, there are some other aspects of life that I think are worth mentioning. They're not as common, but they can come up. Like, for example, uh, how we were talking about before, The residency aspect of things that can end up playing into a couple different factors of life. I mean, well, firstly, the health care, like we were talking about before, or if you want to get involved socially or with civics here um, and you want to vote, then your ballot that you have uh, will be connected to where you are registered and you'll be able to vote in the local elections for your town. For your region and then nationally when those happen and those happen at different intervals and not always regular intervals as well just because the government sometimes change beyond what we end up voting for just on their own due to the political climate that we can see here sometimes in Italy like even currently as we speak the government that's in place wasn't voted in there was a government before and then there was some stuff going on and then they changed out and changed out again And so even like we don't necessarily even vote Directly for the person who might be prime minister, you vote for the party or um, the the president of the nation. That's not something that's a vote for the public. That's it, it's it's so it's coming from an American perspective. Also, it's very different. But um, unlike in the U.S., you do have voter ID here, and you have to show. Uh, your your voter ballot from the from the town, from the area and you have to get that at the comune and, or maybe go to a special uh, location where they might have your ballot and even then you still have to show ID when you're at the voting station and so that's actually for me caused a, a couple of interesting situations nothing bad, they're just like oh you can vote, <laughs> like, yep, just like you. <laughs> or even um, going with other family members of mine who don't quite have the ability to get by with Italian, and then I'm um, there, like, kind of just explaining like the basics of what they want because they're we're Italian, we want to be involved, we're here, we live here, this is where our life is. So I'm explaining things, and they're like, "Wait, they're voting, but they're, they're speaking in it. what's going on here?" <laughs> I understand that. I very much understand that because if that happened in the states. Maybe I might have a similar, like what's going on here, but I mean, in the States, maybe it's more understandable uh, of a situation or more uh, that it wouldn't be as uncommon, but here in Italy, definitely like you definitely attract some attention or like I mentioned uh, in an episode of the Italian real estate podcast, I was recently um, called to register for the registry of jury duty here. There's the chance I may never be called for it, but that's one of those things where if you are living here in Italy and you're over 30, you may get called for these things. It's not necessarily a guarantee that it will happen, but this is just part of the life in Italy. And then even beyond that, views like this, we get this behind us. So I think this is a great place to maybe leave off for this episode, and thank you of course again, Marco, for making yourself available. Uh, if anybody is interested in uh, help with the process and wants to get in contact with you and your team, how can they contact you?
1: People can contact us through our website, ItalianCitizenshipAssistance.com or they can give us a call, the number is on the website.
0: Well, that's absolutely awesome. And of course, if you're interested in more content like this about uh, Italian dual citizenship, Italian real estate, and more, be sure that you're subscribed to this YouTube channel. And also coming very soon, these episodes will be available as audio only podcasts. So be sure to have a look out on the Italian Citizenship Assistance Facebook page so that you can know exactly when these episodes become available and then also if you would like to see more content about life in Italy, living in Italy, Italian dual citizenship, and living as a dual citizen expat, more about this topic that we've talked about today. Come over to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Raphael But anyway, thank you all so much for joining us again. It's been fantastic to have you out at this little picnic table with us here in the mountains in Northern Italy, in the Veneto region. And until next time, stay safe and stay healthy.
1: Later. Thank you.